Anybody has any questions? I am Flame's father, and uh, we will talk about our relationship on this podcast. Oh, let me just do my tea, man. <laughs> no, no, it's joking. We joke, okay? We joke. Well, right. We decided to do, um, a, you know, this mod- modcast, modcast? Po- podcast in Mod-cast. a seasony way Ooh. with 15 episodes, and uh, the last two episodes would be with us. Because a lot of the other guests that were scheduled that we talked to, you know, we didn't really have the time because of the whole Shadowlands thing. And we nice. said, hey, man. It's a busy yeah. time for everybody. What better way would it be to end it with us too? Because I know there was on the multiple, like the 14 shows so far, a lot of people from here and there asked, hey, but what about you guys? When are you guys going to join a podcast <laughs> and talk about yourselves? So, so that's, that's, what, that's what's going to happen today, guys. I have a couple of things that... I know most of the things that Marcia might, might say here. Maybe not. I would like to be surprised, so we'll see. But I know there are a couple of juicy bits that you guys will be interested in. So um, let's yeah. dive in. And in uh, tradition with our normal MoCast uh, podcast, because uh, I think I remember you, you didn't actually touch on this t- uh, subject. But let's, yeah. let's talk a little bit well, a little bit well. So <clears throat> let's go, baby. You, you may or may not know that Marcellian's main and biggest love is Paladin, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, um, and I know for a fact that Marcellian started playing well in TBC. I don't know exactly when in TBC. Close um, to the end. Close yeah. to the end. And he had a blood elf Paladin and then he switched to Alliance and the rest is history. But hey, man, I'm, I'm curious, like, why Paladin? What's... Why, why Paladin, as from the plethora of classes, why... Yeah, you, you, why... you know how it is, man. Like, it, the first time when you look at making a character, and you, you I don't know if it's still a thing now, I, I don't think it is, but in those days when you looked at uh, making a, a class and stuff, you read, like, what it can do or whatever, yeah. and the Paladin class was like... So I was reading through the DPS and healers and whatever, but when I stopped to Paladin... It was like, uh, okay, this this thing can, you know, uh, do damage, can tank, and can also heal. It's like, well, shit, I can do everything, right? And so it, it, I can cover any spots. Plus, it was something about, I don't know, saving others or, you know, uh, empowering others or something like that. There was always something uh, for mm. me uh, in, in that regard. So, you know, I just said, fuck it, because... The first time I played WoW was uh, actually, like, during the release of WoW, we had a cracked version of it that was not online, right? So you just explored oh. the world. And the first thing I did then was a Druid. Like, a lot of people, right? Yeah. And, you know, the, but I, I didn't fell in love with the class like uh, I fell with the Paladin. So it was basically, yeah, man, Paladin can do whatever. Little did I know. <laughs> it, was, it was avoided. Red, red, oh, red and vanilla, what? No, uh, no. Even I mean, even in TBC, man. Like uh, I lived through the days where I was walking through Stormin on my red, and people will just you know slash spit up paladin. Oh, get a real <laughs> class. Lol, what is that? You know. So I lived through that, and I loved it. That became more you know, I don't know, more of a passion for me because it was always an underdog. All right. Well, how how was it in arenas in TBC? Because I know you're uh, really, you were playing a lot of PvP. Yes, yeah, so that's the thing, right? Um, 
it took me a whole lot to level just because all the, all the friends that would play, they always talk, talk to me about, hey man, just level up already so we can play this thing called arenas, right? Because I didn't, I didn't experience raiding or PV at all, basically, apart from questing and stuff. It was more, uh, all of my friends were on Ravencrest and Sylvanas, which were like one of the biggest PvP servers at the time in EU. And all of them were super big into arenas because that was the new shit that BC introduced. Mm. Right, it was like the the new instance PvP, and red in arenas. I played a not too much because again it was sort of at the end of TBC, so I was moving more towards Lich King when I really started playing arenas uh, on the red. In TBC, it was nah, more of the version that you would expect in red, which was pretty decent, apart from not having a kick. <laughs> it was the <laughs> imagine the, imagine that imagine not yeah, having a kick, man, dude. It was it was like. I was lucky because I played with a lot of good people. Like, um, during those times, in the same uh, group and guilds, there were people like Joe Fernandez, you know, there was Hydra over there. Uh, you know, people that now are really, are really really popular, right? And stuck to the PvP side of things. And I was lucky to be part of that crowd because that group of people were super skilled. And I got carried a lot because I went into an arena, man, with a one hand and a shield as a red. You know, I was that fucked up because I didn't know, right? I didn't know. But when I, when I learned, it became really frustrating because that, you know, having, you know, dispelling your wings and spells still in it, not having a kick, man, Paladin was was pretty shit, uh, yes. mostly. So I, I, I still I still cannot get over the fact that then you can have your wings dispelled, your bubble dispelled. Yeah, well, bubble was always dispellable, but you know the the biggest frustration was when you were playing in arenas and you would fight frost mages or mages in general, and they will spell steal it. They will get your damage buff, your only damage buff. They will steal it. You were like naked. It was like somebody just tripping you off, and you're right there, you know, being all naked and stuff. Flat, flashy, yeah, and streaking. Fr frustrating. So it was streaking, basically. That's and, that's that's and, why. The... And you didn't have an interrupt. Red didn't have a kick. You know, so that that was a big problem. All other melees had some sort of uh, interrupt, right? Red didn't have it. I think we got it in Lich King pretty late on, if I'm not mistaken. Either in Lich King pre-patched the Kata, or oh, a little bit sooner. But it was really late. We didn't have that. It was mega frustrating, man. <laughs> it's like all other melee specs had it, we did not. <laughs> um, and mobility, I mean, it's still it, it, no, no, it was no pony there. back then. People remember no pony. No pony. Uh, yeah, so there was, you know, but but still, I don't know, something about it. It had a huge burst. So when you actually did connect, so like playing against other melees and stuff, if people didn't know how to kite you and deal with you, you would you would be insane. It were, but a glass cannon, right? So you, you would die fast. You wouldn't think that from a from a plate-wearing... No, 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 it was pretty saving. squishy. Like everybody, oh, there's a red, go on red! No, but, right. you know, that's coming from the days when, when triple DPS was a thing. We can actually do well as triple DPS. And have, playing hybrids like Red Druids was, was pretty good. Shamans, it was... Uh, I know we got to 2k as triple DPS. Uh, DK, Paladin, and Rogue. It was pretty good. <laughs> was it DK? Hmm, I, wouldn't, I would never have thought. Yeah. And especially yeah, that, Wrath, right? That, that was, no, that, this, this was in Kata, actually. This was oh, in Kata. Kata. Yeah, oh, yeah. right. Ah, okay. I see how it is. Yeah. <clears throat> but it was, you know, it was fun. It, it was fun, and this is this is why I love Feral currently because it feels such an underdog. I love it. 
Yeah, it's a surprise to uh, to hear you not want to main uh, Paladin. Shut up, because you want to play Paladin. Don't give me that <laughs> hey, bullshit, man. man. They, don't know, they don't know yet. They don't know yet. <laughs> it's fine. Don't, 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 don't spoil. But uh, yeah, this is basically a little bit of the WoW. I mean, you guys have been following us for a while. You might know a little bit more about our WoW history, and we also usually talk about it on stream pretty much all the time, yep. especially later tonight. But that aside... I do want to get a little bit more into the outside of WoW, because, you know, everybody has a WoW history, everybody has their WoW things, like, okay, it kind of goes along a similar path. Like, when I started, I was a noob, I, I became better, I found what I want, yeah, like to do. Yeah, it's kind of the same story. It's kind of the, the same, same story. I mean, you know, it has its own details, but what I'm really interested in, and what some of you may already know, is that Marcellian loves rap music. And rap music let's call it hip-hop baby <laughs> let's let's call it hip-hop oh right right jesus see that's that's how how uncultured i am um and i and I actually learned a lot from him about uh, about hip-hop and about uh rap in general but oh, yeah. um what i what i was curious like how did because i never asked you this how did it all start when did you know it's like oh i like this this is my shit oh that's uh <laughs> that, that's a good one well, there's, there was two instances, like, when I, when I was, like, super, super young, I think it was 94, I had a, um, my pops, rest in peace, uh, he used to work in the States, and in 94, we went there, and it was the first time I saw MTV, because in Romania, it didn't come yet, right, 93, 94, so I saw MTV raps, yo, MTV raps, there, there was a, the hip-hop dedicated show, and over there, I saw Ron DMC, and the track was called Down With The King. Uh, I have it in the playlist too, like my hip-hop playlist. I think you listened to it. It was, and I just, you know, I just, wow, what is this? I never heard anything like this. Like, we're coming from a, a post-communist country. There was not, in 94, nothing really sounded like, you knew about Vanilla Ice or, I don't know, MC <laughs> Hammer and shit. <laughs> but, but Ron DMC, that track was so raw and you know uh, the the beat was so um uh, abrasive and fat you know and the lyrics man was so good and the hooks was like oh my god this is so cool and then i went to my pops like hey dad um can you buy me a cassette with these guys run dmc and sure enough i went to with my dad the, the next day to a store and uh, it was the first hip-hop tape i got was run dmc tougher than leather it was like an older album it was, it was not that one with the track that was the first thing and the second was my sister actually uh, yeah, my sister was is nine years older than me, and she was like, uh, you know, in her teens. And at some point, I know I was a big fan of Michael Jackson, still am, but uh, she was always dancing in the house and listening to all of these hip-hop jams, like in 96, 97, things like LL Cool J, Wu-Tang, you know, Blackstreet, Dr. Dre, oh, that was all the shit, Tupac was really popular back then. And I asked her, like, um, what, do you, what do you call this? What is this? Why are you, why are you dancing to this? And she told me, dude, this is hip-hop. This is the new thing. You gotta love this. And that just stuck with me. It just, cause, and you know, that activated the previous trigger with the Run DMC thing. It's like, oh, so that was hip-hop. That Run DMC thing is hip-hop. This, this cassette, hey, look, sis, I got this cassette, this is hip-hop. Oh yeah, that's hip-hop, little stupid fuck. So <laughs> it's been a, it's been a it's been a, a a love and a passion ever since. Uh, it's not only hip hop, but that's like the main thing, you know. Then I started started studying it, and, and you know, oh, what, yeah, what yeah. the roots. Martin uh, doesn't just listen to hip hop. Like, yeah, and he did mention uh, he did mention uh, Michael Jackson, which is Ubi. I personally. I haven't found a bigger fan of Michael Jackson than, <laughs> than Marcellian. Yeah, like, I always liked him, but I was more like the casual listener. Like, I knew the big hits, and I knew some of the lyrics, I knew, I knew about the moonwalk, I kind of knew what happened, and 
the moonwalk. You mentioned the moonwalk. You know, the moonwalk was a breakdance move. And Michael, <laughs> Michael saw it at some, uh, on some B-Boys. There you go, there uh, you go. He, the, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of people credit Michael Jackson for the moonwalk. It's like he invented it or whatever. He just popular, popularized it. That was a move that was used by the early B-Boys, breakdancers, whatever, in, uh, mostly in New York. He saw that stuff, you know, while he was going to studios and tours and thought it was really cool. If you look at Michael Jackson's moves, a lot of the time you're going to see a lot of pop locking and, you know, different forms of breakdance, apart from James Brown moves and Fred Astaire and all of that. And James Brown is also a big founding father of hip-hop. I can geek out uh, all day about <laughs> hip-hop, man. Hip-hop and Michael Jackson. <laughs> it's a, it's, a, it's a lot to get into. Uh, yeah, it's, and I mean, you can definitely tell he was really into uh, into into hip-hop, into MJ, and then he started probably researching and getting into a lot of other music types. And yeah. um, I think it's probably better if you just Tell if you just say the story without me trying to ask the question. But, <laughs> what? Uh, tell me the story of acid, <laughs> dude. <laughs> oh boy. So and obviously, like like every um, impressionable young, I don't know, fan of hip hop. Not just the name, like everything, like what you did and stuff like that. Oh, I'm what you want? Don't no, okay. You cannot translate that into English. So acid was uh, still is the, the 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 stage name I used to have. I started um writing rhymes and making beats like uh, early on just you know i really loved the music man and there was sort of a huge wave in the country where uh the genre was becoming more and more popular uh but i really wanted to do something more uh this sounds pretentious i know but fuck it i wanted to do something more intellectual okay i really wanted clever rhymes you know and then schemes you know wordplay and all of that because that's what i loved i i, I like listening to to shit that would provoke my imagination and thoughts like listening to something and always discovering something new, something new. This is like, I think the power of, of hip hop, like it's not like music per se, it's people uh, talking in a rhythm, but the power is that you use a lot of vocabulary within that rhythm to create something really awesome. So that's what I wanted to do. And acid is the, the name I put for myself when I was, uh, I don't know, 13 or 12 years old, <laughs> something like that. It was my first, uh, it, it, within my first rap group. Uh, it, it stood for something. It cannot be translated in English, but I will refuse to do that. But it, it was, you know, it was basically my style. Cause, cause apart from trying to do, you know, proper recorded music, I also love to battle, freestyle and stuff. And uh, I thought it was a really good blend because uh, back in the day when I would battle and go to battle, you know, championships and stuff. I love the name Acid because it, 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 you know, it inspired that, you know, oh my God, you know, this guy is really Acid, he's going to melt your ass down and stuff like that. Can you imagine the thought process? <laughs> hey man, hey no, man, my name is Flame, what do you want <laughs> Like, how, yeah. how, how different are those? So it was, yeah, but I, I couldn't go to a battle and say, yeah, I'm Marcellian. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, right? Uh, so yeah, that, that's more or less the, the story of uh, the, the, the Acid thing. It was, it was me dabbling into the music industry. More or less. Oh, you do mention it. Um, I did want to get to this a little bit um, later, but I guess this is as good a time as any. Mm. Where does the name Marcelin come from? When did you decide that this is something that, that, that was going <laughs> to represent you? And uh, what, what, do, what does it mean? Because the first time I heard it was like, Oh, Marcel, like like the monkey from Friends. Did I did I did I ever tell tell you the story actually? Like uh, um, offline. I think you told me you told me uh, that it comes from like two places, but no, no, I don't no, know no, if you went no. into details. So, 
um, when I when I was working in, in direct sales for a big corporation, uh, me and the boys, well, we were five boys over there, right? And you know, we would dress up, you know, super nice, and go to uh, companies and stuff and make contracts for for this company. And we were really good at it, right? We were like we were so good that we would finish our target in the first two weeks of the month and uh, even get past that, right? We would exceed all, all uh, metrics and stuff. So we had three weeks in every month that we would get bored out of our minds staying at the office, not doing shit. And this is a true story. And at some point, one of them said, hey, guys, let's make up some imaginary friends and, you know, have a party. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so everybody made an imaginary friend, and mine was Marcy. That was the name, Marcillian. Because I don't know, there was something at that time. There was something with the pronunciation of the names that has had an Ian. Come to think of it, it brings like Ian has a costus, but in Romania it makes much more sense. <laughs> and I wanted the Marcel, but put that that thing Ian at the end, right? So because I found Marcel to be a super funny name all the time, I was always talking, you know, hey Marcel, what up? Ah, you're such a Marcel, right? And I, you know, I kind of constructed this. So Marcelian was my imaginary friend uh, in those years, and it was close to, or it kind of intersected with the time I, I started really getting into WoW. And, you know, it just made sense. Okay, my first character would be Marcellian. And that's it. That's <laughs> the story. <laughs> that's, that's way better than my story. So it's, it's good. It's good, man. <laughs> can you imagine, like, can you imagine how bored we was at the time? Like, it, we, we actually have find entertainment in this, like making up imaginary friends and naming <coughs> them. Oh, man. Well, it's, uh, it's better than what I was uh, doing in my first few jobs, that's for sure. But well, it's, yeah. actually, it's actually a really cool story, man. Like, and I, I, would, I would be proud. Very proudly. Uh, Obviously, I'm, I mean, you can wear it, wear it like, of course, ev it's everywhere. It's, it's, it's a proud, but, you know, the, the origins are pretty fucked up. It's like, <laughs> there's no, nothing there. And, and a lot of people don't know how to pronounce it still. Uh, I know the first guild I, I, I was actually in, there was a lot of uh, uh, English folks. And the pronunciation was, hey, Marcelian. Hey, and, and they couldn't pronounce it or Marcelan or Marcelina. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why that's difficult because it, does, it doesn't sound like it'd be hard to be pronounced. In I, English, I don't know. I were Marcelina, Mar Marcelina, but everybody called me Marcy, believe it or not, in that <laughs> guild. Hey, Marcy, what up, Marcy? Oh, Marcelina is such a long name. I know, it's fine. <laughs> Do whatever. I have um, a lot of names. Well, Marcelina is a very cultured man with a lot of tastes in music and other things. And one of the other things that I always found it fascinating because it kind of doesn't really tie into the music, but it's interesting as well. Is like his fascination with the mafia genre what? and history. <laughs> so if you don't know, Marcin is like, I think he knows everything there is to know. I'm pretty sure that's kind of uh, how this, it works. Uh, There's a um, lot of, I don't know, but yeah, I, I, I'm pretty, pretty <laughs> firm about the subject, I would say. I'm pretty um, confident. So again, like, how did it all start? Like, when, when, what spot is like, ooh, this is pretty cool. Ooh, they did what in the Prohibition era? Oh, oh, okay. Um, so the fascination with the, the mafia. All right, people have a big misunderstanding about the term mafia, whatever, um, in, in the States where basically all, it all began like the modern shit. Um, it wasn't really mafia. That's what the media called it. It was like Cosa Nostra, right? Our thing. Uh, when it started for me, I think it was... Due to Michael Jackson, actually. Oh, really? Smooth wow. Criminal. Um, that, that video really, I mean, that, that video is made 
uh, to portray some of that, right? Real, well, Hollywood style, whatever. I think it started with that. And then, like a lot of people who got into the subject, uh, it was due to, you know, some movies and documentaries and stuff. But obviously, Godfather would be one of the, like, like the biggest inspirations. Um, like, the thing is, it really fascinated me when I started to go into the, the history of it. And, you know, the proper facts and details and what, what influence that side of the, the, the world had on, you know, evolution of society and modern society and corporations and stuff. It's really fascinating because here you have a bunch of oppressed people from Sicily, you know, who created basically their own protection and organization form against, you know, foreign invaders with a huge disrespect for any type of authority, right? They uh, get into like the Second World War, the, the First World War, the Second World War, they start to migrate a lot to this new land, right, uh, America, and they develop something that reverberates even to this day. Uh, it's fascinating, and this is, this is how it got to me, right, because you can obviously study, you know, English history, you can study, I don't know, uh, uh, African history, it's really, really awesome and cool, and there's a lot of weight and interesting stuff to get out of. But this is more modern, right? This is more of in our times and how a group of people like can can develop and evolve into this. Of course, it has it has its bad sides. Uh, I'm not I'm not you know praising it for what they did. But one thing that they did respect, and this is true, up until everybody turned on on each other and became a whole mess. They between the mafia wars. No innocent civilian was hurt. They never allowed this to happen. You can look at like, uh, you know, Colombia cartels, you know, Russian mobs, you know, the Yakuza's, whatever. You can study all of them. They didn't give a fuck about innocent people, like people that didn't have anything to do with that activity. These guys were the only ones, well, they were the only ones until everything fall, fell apart, who had like a, a motto, innocent bystanders do not get touched, no matter what. And I thought that was like really cool. There was something about that stuff. It was a code, stuff. yeah. It was, it was definitely a code up until one point. So, you know, this man... <laughs> so hip-hop, um, you know, uh, Michael Jackson, and, you know, Mafia, the Cosa Nostra stuff, we can talk for days, man. Yeah, it's I, I recommend story everybody, time. Yeah, I recommend everybody to look into it just a little bit to understand, at least read into how they influenced the outcome of World War II. That's, that's pretty documented, and it's pretty interesting. And uh, speak it. I think I think this is uh, this is one of the coolest transitions because I like what I knew about the mafia was very pop culturey stuff. Like it's, I knew it's I knew I knew that uh, you know they came from Italy and there was like something else there. And I think I spoke. Uh, I was Sicily to, actually. Yeah, Sicily. <laughs> whenever I think Sicily, I think uh, whenever well, I think, they're there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I was talking. Uh, I have a friend there that moved. And I was like, hey man, so, so do you have like, you know, like the mafia is like, oh no, they're in the South, nobody goes in. So I was like, that blew my mind. It's like, what do you mean? That's part of the country. How, what does that mean you don't go into the South? My little city boy brain, right? And that's when it became, wait a minute. Does, does, he, live, um, does he live in Naples? Uh, he lives in North, Northern uh, Italy. Um, what, what He told me. Because uh, Naples, Naples is like known for having, among, when nowadays, so after the 90s, uh, the Sicily Mafia became one of the most brutal and sadistic that out of all of organizations. So they really derailed from what was what happened and what was constructed in New York, right? 
And in Naples, there's still a lot of influence over there, and they're pretty rough. They're pretty... Um, uh, I want to go to graphic, but yeah, I mean, I understand why people really are afraid to go into there because you know they're pretty fucked up. So what what is the what is the mafia now? In nowadays, there's n not even a crumb compared to how, how it was in the prohibition days, and you know, at, up until the 1960s. After mm. that, it kind of all came crumbling down, more or less because of the the explosion of you know drugs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, that's how I, I got interesting and then obviously uh, I got to talk with Martin a little bit more It's like, oh, there's some some pretty cool stuff and uh, you know, yeah, we'll leave you guys to research all of that because there's some interesting no, things There's that, a lot, there's a lot and there's uh, movies you can watch too. I yeah, mean, it's pretty good, pretty good so I mean, we got, movie night, man. Got, got for, yeah, we actually do a movie night every Thursday Well, we need to get back to that because you know, Flame got a little bit of a problem <laughs> <laughs> All right, don't force it. Um, but as a segue from a fascination about the criminal world. Oh shit! I know, I know you have a story. Um, yeah. That uh, that you've been through uh, things, things that you've uh, that you've learned, and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, you know what I, I know, mean. I know, you know, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Uh, well, I think I did say in in one of our this is living videos, I'll probably gonna talk about you know this part of, of yeah. uh, the journey. Well, um, yeah. So at I don't know. I was probably 21, 22. I got into a, a, the thing with the study of the mafia and the hip hop world, and you know the crowds that were I was like hanging with had a big influence on me in the sense that I wanted to become that. I wanted to become, believe it or not, the, the big uh, gang boss or whatever. I had these all these twisted thoughts in my mind, and I started doing some activities that are maybe considered illegal in some countries. Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I cannot, I mean, this is YouTube, I cannot go into to the yeah, details. Yeah, no, clearly. So, uh, basically, because of what I did, so I could, I, I made a lot of money due to uh, not so um, legal stuff. And I really got the taste of it. It became uh, something that I felt like, pay, I deserve this. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming, you know, this... Uh, Romanian version of the, you know, Al Capones and, uh, you know, Lucky Lucianos or whatever. Um, but then it all went bad because the people I was doing the things with, um, they informed me that at some point police was taking out some places and I had to get rid of a lot of things that they were giving me. So I burned them. But after I did that, they also said, but dude, we need the money for that. And it was a huge amount of money. Uh, and I didn't know what to do because, you know, I, I was still working a job. I know I, I kept appearances, you know, for my family, for my girlfriend at the time, who eventually became my wife. Um, I kept appearances so to not give anybody any ideas, right? Uh, but the job that I was working, I didn't really pay as much as those guys wanted in a couple of weeks, right? So I had to figure out something. Um, I, I told them initially, I told them, dude, listen, this is impossible. I cannot do this without, you know, with all this heat and whatever. And, you know, they, um, they pretty much put it like, listen, man, we know where your girlfriend works. Uh, you know, we know where your mama works, uh, where your mama lives. Uh, just, you figure it out. And, you know, it was a pretty heartfelt message because at that point I realized, Jesus, what have I done? Like, I, cause how they do it here, like the people I was involved with, they don't go after you, right? The, the first thing they, they, they treat you with is like the people close to you. And 
my mom at the time was just, you know, still in pain because my pop, my pop passed away in sort of the same time. And she was in super pain and grief. It's like, Jesus, what am I bringing here? More drama? Oh, boy. So, um... <clears throat> I did uh, what I learned and, um, you know, uh, got hired uh, into the, got hired again into that big ass corporation and started doing some other stuff that wasn't uh, totally fine, but I had to do it because I wanted to pay that debt and just finish with all this nonsense, right? So I did that. I finished with the nonsense. I paid all the debt. It was fine. You know, was he living the happy life? And again, that, that thing struck me. It's like, Look at this. Look at how much money you can make. Nobody can, no make it. Nobody can catch you. It's so, it's so perfect. Yeah. You know, this is the mind of a 23, 24 year old stupid, yeah, whatever. Um, so I, you know, I didn't stop. Uh, I, I wanted to get enough, enough, you know, dirty money to be able to open up a, a business, you know, to open up a studio, a music studio, whatever, and carry on with that. And I did that, but the, the, the weirdest thing, so once I stopped, when I, once I had enough and I set up all of my friends up, right? I mean, I had a huge group of friends, everybody was set up, everybody was perfect. Right as I stopped, right? I mean, not right. Two weeks after I uh, uh, quit the job, I was all, you know, good. Uh, I find out that uh, there was a huge investigation going at the office I worked on, and they, they pretty much found out. And after that, that really became... Uh, a spiral into a really dark place because that went that that a business investigation led to a police investigation and then it led to a sort of um, I don't know how is it called in English like the guys the you know DAs district attorneys uh, um, I, don't, uh, I don't know if we have that yeah something in those so it went from the, the prosecutors police, prosecutors yeah to, to the you know the prosecutor's house and stuff and it got that like basically fucked up all my plans, all my ambitions, uh, everything. I was going into like this really dark place, super depressed. I was like, man, what did I did? Because I was facing prison time. I did a lot of stuff. I was charged with uh, criminal organization. I was charged with, with intellectual, not uh, uh, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, IT theft, identity okay. theft, uh, you know, pure theft um organizing a group uh, uh, uh group of crime whatever so there was a lot of charges and i was looking at a lot of years of prison and this was when i was 25 years old and you know looking towards my future it was fucking hard and i was doing that was around the time i started new doing youtube <laughs> you know wow was a big uh, big escape go for me for that actually segues into my my next question but uh, yeah, yeah yeah um and it was it it Dude, like the um, so when they called when they called for me to go to to Bucharest, to the big you know courthouse. Uh, it wasn't the courthouse yet. It was the the prosecutor stuff, yeah. and I had to be. Uh, I got questioned then. That was like the most horrific and hardest interview I had in my life because you have to remember. Prior to that, I felt pretty good about myself. I was like, "There's no nothing can break me. I can you know I can get out of anything. <laughs> you know I can." I'm agile. I'm a fish, um, but no, that thing, that thing broke me, um, and it was uh, because it essentially ended like, listen, listen, you, you fuck, for what you did, you will get a lot of years in prison. And I was looking again. I was looking at my future, 25 years old, right? It was just, it was daunting. Plus, I was super scared because of the other thing. They didn't know about the other thing, right? There was this, and if they go to the wire and find out about the other, 
it's sealed. So I had to live through this uh, for a lot of years. And I thought, you know, it was a moment, it was a couple of years and nothing happened. And I was like, man, they probably dropped it or something. I, I started believing again, you know, started, you know, taking care of my career, you know, felt that I learned my lesson, you know, easy money, stolen money or whatever, you no know, bad thing, illegal shit. That's something you cannot do. It will fuck you up. It has bad karma. You have to like, you know, work, make money out of your passion, out of your, you know, planning, not, nothing that comes like easy will be beneficial. I don't believe that. That's how I learned it. I learned the hard way. But after some years, you know, I was doing okay in my, my corporate career, if you want, you know, I was moving up the ladder, everything was going great. And then, pow, got the letter in the post office. Hey, big boy. And that was like, that was pretty rough. At this point, me and Flame were, were, you know, we were working together. We were doing the YouTube thing. It was like, uh, making, having big plans and stuff, right? Oh, yeah, remember the times. Yeah, and because I know you mentioned a little bit about this uh, in, in the previous episode. So what, what happened was they decided to kick off the, the, the case again. My only luck, I would say, was that all of those charges, meanwhile, got uh, corroborated into a couple of ones because the, the penal code changed. And I was looking at, from the f almost 15 years of prison, I was looking more at something around three or four years, right? But if it was three, I would get suspension, right? I wouldn't have to do time. So, uh, I cannot go into too much details, guys. But, you know, uh, around around the time I started to, um, to stop it with YouTube and Flame kicked in. I was heavily into the uh, courthouse, you know, I had to, um, what's legal, it all the legal stuff you need to Oh do. man, that was, oh, that was super hard. Um, and I had to do something to, to you know, to, to get some money over. And I accepted to work with a buddy of mine, uh, uh, doing YouTube, but other stuff on YouTube, like, you know, SEO stuff and playlist and, you know, something more on the musical side. That's why I stopped. I had to go full on for that and also be present for, uh, all the trials I have to go through because I had like three or four trial show ups. Uh, initially started pretty bad. They were like really onto me, especially you know the the guys who who wanted to indict me or whatever, and it didn't look too good. Uh, I don't. But then something happened. I I don't know if it was uh, you know I'm not like the most religious guy in the world, but you know I, I actually felt like you know, man, it's either this or you know it will be lost forever because if i don't get my 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 pass on this i'll be lost forever i'll, I'll do jail I'll, I'll crack that's it i don't know something happened like the last the third trial presence the uh committee of judges or whatever uh accepted my plea my guilty plea right my, my guilty agreement and because of that i actually didn't have to do you know the time I had to do some community work and you know that was on the 15th of december 2018 and dude that was the day when i just you know that feeling when you you have a lot of shit on your shoulder right so there's this big baggage right and it just you know it it fades away yeah, I, I just thought... i just i just said so after i got the 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 sentence complete i got it in the mail confirmed i was in my room i just started crying oh, it's like man. it was like dude 
so <clears throat> so much you gotta imagine man it's it's been a total of 10 years of distress and you know constant thinking like what the fuck am i gonna do uh, what what is my mom gonna do you know what what is my wife gonna do it's, it's, it's all those thoughts plus your future like we know each other we're both ambitious motherfuckers if you go to an ambitious person and you tell them listen your freedom is uh threatened that can be like you know a deciding factor on you know how you're going to go forward with your life yeah right but fortunately we came through with it you know fuck the criminal life and whatever uh it's uh it, it has been a blessing and i i'm you know i'm humble ever since like from that from that point onward i recovered my ambition and my my fuel and my fire to you know do things and stuff because prior to all of that bullshit i was you know trying to build things you know record studio you no know, a lot of i was doing concerts all over the, the city you know parties and all of that you know everything was moving you know i like that shit having projects developing when that shit started i was a shallow of that i, I had nothing like a, a little bum with no energy no soul you know just barely you know, playing WoW and doing some YouTube. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was the thing. But that's uh, that's uh, that's some trip, man. That's some uh... yeah. That's the, with the criminal. You asked about the criminal life, uh, whatever. <laughs> that was it. That 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 teaches uh, teaches a people perspective, and uh, yeah, I, I can imagine that. Like I, I've never been through anything like that. I don't think I ever want to. I was I was a good boy growing up, so. <laughs> I was in the wrong crowds, man. You gotta understand. In Romania, I wasn't the the most richest country in the world. Uh, I mean, you know, my family had its good times, had, had its bad times too. And especially when I decided to leave uh, at 18 years old, I decided to leave the house and you just go on my own. Things were rough, you know. I, you know, there were nights when I had no, you know, no fucking electricity. They would cut the electricity because I had no money to pay it, and I was too proud to ask money for my parents or whatever. I just, you know, I, I wanted to prove to everybody that I can do it. But I've learned the hard way that, you know, doing stupid shit and easy money doesn't get you anywhere. I had to learn it the hard way. Don't do it, kids. Stay in school. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Lessons learned from Martial Online because we teach other than how to master your yeah. class here on this channel. I never talked about this publicly, so, uh, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's something that I never thought I would talk about publicly. Well, but since it's all good, it's all good now. Moving all forward. right, man. So I'm glad it's all good and it's all better. And uh, you were talking about, uh, I mean, most most of the people know that. I mean, I hope so that they know that uh, the channel has been uh, has been up for quite a while, even before uh, you and me started doing uh, yeah. doing the videos. And if I recall correctly, one of the first videos, if not the first video, was a red paladin guide <laughs> in Kata. Um, the, yeah. with the old style, unscripted, no yeah, webcam, man. Yeah. and the training dummy, yeah. good old fashioned. Uh... But it did have some graphical assets. I remember. That. Oh yeah, no, some... no, it did, it did, it did. So yeah. it does, it does, it, it holds up. It holds up. It's, it's in. Uh... It, it has a little bit of a, the um, a root of it all, right? Uh, yeah. And it, it wasn't actually the first one. I had a couple of more, but I, d I deleted them for some reason many, many years ago. I'm I'm I feel super bad about it because I had some cool PvP montages prior to that. They're really cool, and this was not the first channel. You know, the the first channel was called something else, and I am never gonna talk about it. Oh <laughs> come on, man! You you it's, you you found my shit, dude. But it's not nothing there anymore, so there's nothing to show. Let's just say I was doing PvP videos with my red paladin who had a sword and a shield. 
And people obviously <laughs> were... Uh, oh, people man, were, we don't have anything about that? Yeah, we don't. There's nothing there anymore. I, you know, I try to play it off. Like, listen, man, I was switching from Holly to Red. Didn't have the gear. <laughs> it was... Yeah, it, that, that thing was... But that was super early. I was like 2010 or something. I was a super big fan of, you know, Swifty and Athene and all them boys. Uh, Mercator, like, I, I know some, some people. I think Dalaran mentioned Mercator, too. Not a lot of people give him credit. He was really good. His rogue PvP videos were like... Mwah. So yeah, that's that's what prompted me to to play Rogue uh, a lot too, apart from Pally. So yeah, uh, yeah, the first video was the guide, and uh, it was. I remember that back then there was no fucking research. You would do a guide based on what you played, and it was you know the, I don't even know if WoW had existed. I know MMO Champion existed, uh, but you you played. And you made a guide with what you thought was good. Luckily, you know, most of the stuff I played and said over there was pretty good for those times. Because it was a PvP guide. And, uh, you know, PvP was much more popular back then. Granted, you know, the game systems PvP-wise were better than what we had. Uh, better than what we have today, but today's like 2020. Like, uh, Yeah, we're man, it's, it's the BFA syndrome. Uh, but, dude, Le uh, Legion, oh my god. Uh, uh, Shadowlands PvP is looking uh, pretty fucking good. It, it almost reminds me of what we used to have in, in Kata and, and Wad and whatnot. Oh, uh, just they, because of the vendors? Well, also, the, all of the other things. You should watch Stoop's latest video. It's, it's, it's I amazing. I think I missed uh, his last or the last Dude, the, the last one. You look at it and you will be happy. It's, all the PvP community is happy about it. It's like, oh, finally. It's, it's so good. If, if they can balance stuff so I don't get one-shot by a marksman hunter, that would be so good. Mm. That's a different story, though. <laughs> um, I always was curious about this because you, um, you don't talk a lot, but in a few periods, you don't talk if you don't feel like it, but uh, you don't talk a lot about your dad. And I know that you went into the U.S. and you kind of touched a, li a little bit on it. Yeah. I can talk a little bit more into like what was the context of you going there? And how, how, how was the experience of, you know, going to the U.S. and also at a, at a really young age? What, what were you, like eight, nine? Uh, I think it was eight. Eight or nine, yeah. I don't remember exactly. Uh, well, my pops um, used to work there because uh, he, he was hired at this big uh, manufa tractor manufacturing company in, in our city. And that company had contracts with the, the U.S. And he was going constantly there to work. And then one summer, he decided to, you know, bring us all there for that whole summer. Dude, uh, for me as a I mean, you can imagine being a kid in a, in a super recent communist country. I mean, imagine we didn't even have supermarkets at the time. There was like the little, you know, the little shops we had in the country. Yeah. I never saw a supermarket in my life. So the first time I went there, I was blown away. I could not believe my eyes. I saw this big, I was going to Walmart, right? First time I went to Walmart, I was like, oh my God, how do they get all of these here? Who gets all of this? <laughs> it was the first time I, I ate, you know, all types of candy bars and little chocolates and stuff. First time I ever uh, saw Pringles, you know, all types of fun, uh, cola flavors. And dude, it was, for me, it was the most mind-blowing thing I've ever saw. Again, I was eight or nine years old, never seeing anything like it. And we also went to Disneyland. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, never heard I, about I have that pictures one. from that, dude. I mean, uh, I was in shock, obviously. But you got to remember, we stayed there for a whole, uh, the whole summer in 94. So it's basically from the, the middle of June up until late August, right? I got used to being over there at some point, right? And it was in North Carolina, I think. Yeah, it was All North right. Carolina where we live. But when we went, 
to Disney World. I mean, Disney World was not even that fascinating. Dude, we went to New York. I saw for the first time in my life at the age of eight, those big ass skyscrapers. <laughs> and there's pictures of me. They, they pictured me like as a little kid. I was just sitting there like this. I, I couldn't believe it, man. It, it was fascinating. Yeah. <coughs> my pops was, uh, you asked about my pops. I don't talk much about him because, you, you know, he was, um, because he worked so much abroad, you know, we didn't have too much of a bigger relationship when I was a kid and adolescent. Uh, we kind of began having a relationship when I was a little bit more, you know, older and stuff. Uh, but, you know, that that came to, to an end really fast because, you know, he he passed away and we didn't really get to, to make most of it, let, let's say. Um, but, you know, as an adolescent, who, what adolescent doesn't have issues with his parents? You know, I had, you know, I had my beef, so that was especially, you know, being super, you know, outy and energic and stuff like that. He didn't really like it. He would have liked for me to be like, you know, hey, come help me with fixing the car and whatever. Oh, yeah. And I was like, no, fuck that. I'm going, you know, making some rapping and doing some combinations and making some money and stuff. He didn't like that. So we had our, our beef, uh, you know, as I was going to get into that. But he really... I know he really respected the fact that I wanted to do shit on my own. He was kind of impressed because I said, hey, listen, I don't want to be on your ass anymore. At 18 years old, fuck the college. I'll do college once I get, you know, good, proper, stable situation for myself. And that's what I did. That's what I did. I didn't, you know, they, they, he would come and see me, right? And saw how fucked up I was. I was a bum, basically. And he sometimes would give me money. I wouldn't refuse it, but I never asked. I never went and said, hey, man, I need money. I need, no. I would rather you know, not have any food or just, you know, freeze during the night because there's no heat because I didn't have money to pay it than to, to let them know that I need this because I, I made a promise to them. Listen, I want to do this on my own. I don't need your help anymore. That's it. So take from that what you will. It's, uh, it's pretty it's bad. The way. It's like, uh, <clears throat> I, I never really vibe with that as well. I, I never wanted to stay on my parents' ass and have them support me. It's that actually brought me to uh, to a shitty place in my life, but uh, oh. yeah, I feel like I feel like that attitude can uh, you know can get you started. Can you know? I yeah, feel man. like that's something. Listen, man, that can so listen. You can you can go through that and succeed fast, or you can go through that and end up like me, where I didn't succeed fast. I failed fast, but what I learned: hunger is a really good teacher. Being poor, not having basic shit, is one of the best teachers you can have. Maybe it doesn't apply for everybody. But I learned in those months that if I don't do something, right, you know, I'm probably going to die or end up, you know, in the jail. That, that was it. So I got hungry, man. You know, I got really hungry. I wanted, you know, I wanted, I didn't want... You know, lavish bullshit or whatever, but you know, warehouse, <laughs> electricity, you know, having food on the table, you know, not worrying that, you know, oh shit, they're gonna cut off my electricity. Oh shit, there's no hot water. Do you know how it's like to make Scottish showers in the winter? It's, you know, it's, it's cool. It, it gets your metabolism going, but dude, at some point you feel the need for some warmth. So, yeah. Hunger can can really can really teach you a lot of things and can really bring out the you know the some capabilities that are in you that were dormant. You know that's when I you know that's when when I got my fucking ambition. You know to just do whatever, set out set out something, 
and do whatever and work as hard as you can to achieve it. There's no such thing as not achieving what you're setting out to. You, you have to put in the work and the energy and believe in it. Any successful person will tell you this and you, you can study them. If you put in the work, it will happen. You will get, you know, beaten to the ground. You, you will starve. You, you will be depressed. You keep on the fight, man, and it will happen. All successful oh, people yeah. went through that. If you, study, if you study anybody who got to a certain degree of success or, you know, just good lifestyle, they went through shit or they, they went through shit while keeping the fight, the work, the struggle. That's it, man. There's no such thing as not getting anything done. There's no such thing. It's all up to you. Put I, in the work. I actually, I actually agree. And, uh, that's something that I, I've, I've proven to myself as well. So I'm, I'm a strong believer that, you know, uh, for me, hunger was one of the best motivators. Hell yeah. <clears throat> hungry for more, hungry for, you know, a, a, a slice of the piece of the pie, man. Of course, man. Of course. This is the thing. I, I feel a lot of people tend to uh, give up. Like when it's becoming really tough, they tell you, hell, I gave up. I know how it feels. That's the, maybe you need to give up to understand both sides of the story. I gave up at some point, right? Mm. And, you know, I had to learn the lesson the hard way. It's fine. But I have proven myself that there is no such thing as easy money, you know, illegal bullshit, just, you know, doing some quick schemes and getting a lot of money. There's no such thing that that will never last, right? Uh, speaking about, you know, the mafia studies, one of the things you can learn when studying them, nobody from that life had a, a good ending. Nobody. There is no exception. Dead or in prison. That's it. There was, I think, one guy, you know, that, that well, was okay. Dead, I mean, that's the end for most of you. Probably mean like, I don't know. De dead in the sense that, yeah, whacked. <laughs> whacked. Early. There's no. Er so I, I don't know why YouTube let, let us say here. So. You know, whacked is fine, I think. Whacked. Yeah, so the uh, me, man. just, you know, uh, the, there was a lot of things about, you know, the, the mafia guys saying, hey, the, the working man is a sucker. Nah, man, uh, there's, um, there's this movie, I think it's a Bronx Tale uh, with uh, Robert De Niro. I think that's it. I hope I'm not mistaken where uh, the, the mafia guy tells the little kid, listen, man, your dad is the working man and the working man is the sucker. And Robert De Niro's character says, you know, that's not true. They're the suckers. The working man is, you know, the, you know, the guy who uh, gets, should get the praises because he's putting in the effort. You know, he's developing his craft. He's becoming a master at his craft, no matter the, no matter the work. And, you know, I found that years later to be true. You know, uh, getting better at your craft, becoming a master. You know, ma oh, and that reminds me, mastery. Good book. Go read it. Robert Greene. Lovely. There you go. You got it here. Yeah. Recommendation. Become a master. That's the thing, in, in, uh, in our day and age, a lot of people tend to get satisfied with minimal results just because there are results. And not, I mean, just look around. Then there's not a lot of people that are masters at what they're doing, right? There are people that are decent at it, but he's okay. But who can you really call, it's like, this guy is a master at that. Okay, if you... Well. Yeah, yeah and we tend to throw words around lately and it's like, oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, that's great. But, you know, when, when, you, when you throw adjectives, or adjectives around, uh, every now and again, you tend to lose the value of things. And uh, yeah, yeah the, the, the mentality that, uh, that I always uh, had in kind of like what I, what I learned growing up is like, you know, um, 
skill isn't real isn't taught you kind of learn it and steal it so the, yep. the the whole purpose of a print apprenticeship at least the mentality that we had here remain is like you know you go work under that guy and you steal his craft yeah, you steal yeah, his yeah. skill so you can do it as well right you learn by watching you learn by doing and you do that kind of stuff yeah so it's more or less the the, the thing like the the message here is if you like something you better start becoming a master at it because mastery apart from being an interesting uh, secondary stat in WoW, in real life, <laughs> it can really help you like for what you're passionate about. Just having that goal. I'm going to become a master at editing. I'm going to become a master at playing World of Warcraft and teaching other people how to play it. Whatever, man. Just strive to become a master. There's not, a, there's not many masters around. And history has proven that the people who master stuff communication uh social whatever they tend to um to be okay let's say yeah, yeah. i can definitely attest to that being a jack of all trades Meh. can have its perks <laughs> but you'll never really feel that satisfaction when yeah. you're like oh my god i don't know if anybody can do this better than i can so that's that's a really cool feeling and that's something that you know people cannot take away from you i was gonna you know ask like the <clears throat> the, the the standard stuff like what what got you into youtube and stuff like that but i did remember something that i know you told me about but you didn't really go into this and i was always curious um mm. so let's just say let's just start by saying what did you study in college or university <laughs> all right right um i did communications and uh <coughs> communications and public relations i uh, think it's translated it, it, it was a private university, right? So after I got settled up, I had the money and stuff, I said, you know, respected my plan. Go do college. Uh, it's communications and public relations. And it was one of the most interesting journeys I had because I, I learned a lot about television production, um, protocol between, you know, political states and, and uh, uh, language. And basically, I learned a lot of skills, believe it or not, on how to communicate verbally, visually, um, um, auditory, um, audibly. Aud audibly. I learned a lot there and it was pretty interesting. I mean, we learned stuff like ranging from um, how, a good broad how a good live broadcast should look like and how do you arrange the official flags for a country in a, in a conference room. So it was a super interesting, uh, super interesting, uh, University and I, I'm apart from this. I'm really planning uh, on uh, getting into um, film production and uh, you know uh, uh, film and audio production. Uh, I don't know, maybe in a couple of years. I really want to do that too. Oh, yeah. Is that something that came from? Uh, from it's some, YouTube? Yeah, yeah. More or less, yeah. I mean, I really want. This is this is on par with my my cred my uh, standard of becoming a master. So right. I need to go through that and, you know, uh, make sure I, I go, you know, get all of the information that I can. You know, I, I do a lot of self-study, obviously, but, you know, at some point you need, uh, I, this is how I like, you know, I want to, first of all, I want to know the history, how it all began, the progression, the, the evolution, right? Learn new techniques, learn equipment, learn, you know, framing, positioning, lighting. Oh man, there's a bunch of stuff, but, you know, there's a lot of knowledge in the, in the university for that stuff. That's about uh, that's about the the, the <laughs> college years, more or less. I remember you talking at one point that you studied journalism. And I find that interesting. Yeah, that, that was also in the 
um, work, the university I was in, communications and public relations. That actually, that actually, find, that, that I find that fascinating because I, I think you're the only person that I know that studied journalism. I don't know where all of them are, man, but I just cannot see any. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of them, man, but no, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, so it wasn't because there's a, there's a university dedicated to that, right? Uh, in, in this, we had a, a subsection that, you know, you can really go to, and we had a couple of like uh, exams on it and whatever. Uh, it was more, more in the sense, um, more tangential with communication, all right? right. Uh, and journalism in the sense that, okay, how do you conduct an interview? That was one thing. Um, how can you uh, frame a documentary? How can you commentate? How can you deliver commentary over a documentary or, or, or over a, um, footage? So it was journalism in that sense, but it wasn't the, the whole thing that they evolved. It was just this subsection of it, which had a lot to do with uh, the communications and public relations of it, because that was like the main gist of the university. But it was really cool. So th th what I learned over there, uh, it helped me a lot. And, uh, you know, in, in editing and in making thumbnails and, you know, I learned a lot about, you know, colorization and there's huge amounts of information useful that you can use if you want to become a master. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the path to go through. Like, listen, man, you went through some uh, you went through some shit. You, you've 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 done some yeah. dumb shit and uh, you've come uh, come on top of it. And you're yeah. uh, you're really looking forward towards the future oh, hell and yeah, uh, what you can master. So I really wanted to. Usually we try to have this talk with a lot of our guests, but uh, <clears throat> maybe it's not as prevalent but because it's actually a really big factor in, uh, in our lives. But I do want to say it's like in terms of personal development, first of all, because I really do want to talk a little bit about this. <laughs> Let's just get it out of the way. If yeah. anybody watching or listening, it would be interested, you know, being a better, a better, a better you, you want to be a better you, whatever that is, that whatever yeah. you're trying to achieve. Uh, you're trying to be, I don't know, have better social skills. Maybe you want to follow a, a career and you want to be successful at it. Maybe you just want to be like a better person. Like, um, so considering that you had like an, uh, an up and down journey, let's say, um, and you went from the bottom of the barrel, I would like to, uh, that's what I call it, is when you hit the bottom of the barrel, it's like, okay, no more of this. Let's fucking do what, what needs to be done. Yeah. Like, what would you suggest? What would you recommend people do? Like, can you avoid that bottom of the barrel? Uh, because for me, uh, however much I try to, you know, find motivation and try to push myself and try to develop myself until I hit that bottom of the barrel, my ass would not move. So um, that's a conversation that I had as well with, with my sister. But I was really curious what you thought about it. And can people avoid that bottom of the barrel? Because that can be the kick in the butt that either you need or that you will get if, uh, unavoidably if you don't, you know, get your shit right. <laughs> Well, it, it, it depends, man. I, I think for some people that bottom is absolutely necessary. I think it was for you. I think it definitely was for me. Um, on the other hand, not everybody can cope with that. Uh, I know people that could really not take that shit. Uh, you know, being at that, you know, super dark down, you know, bottom of the barrel. Okay, that's a, it's a good metaphor. Um, the, the, the way that shit develops in your life um that, that's how so we we adapt uh it really depends on how stuff develops you know uh probably i could have taken i don't know what effect that had on me long term i really don't know health wise or whatever i'm not feeling anything right now but who knows bottom of the barrel type stuff is really good at least from your experience and mine um people that are going towards that i don't think they should avoid it 
because you know what what's the point i mean you have to learn your lesson somehow yeah uh but on the other side of the coin there are people who are just starting out i'm pretty sure we have in our community folks that are maybe 20 years old it's not it's not required man i mean you can you can definitely go uh follow your dreams and and go to your path without hitting any fucking bottom of the barrel you know it's your decision it's your actions that will either lead to it or not actively avoiding it i don't think it's healthy either because you kind of become paranoid if you go that route which oh i don't want to fall i don't don't be that okay just go with the flow and if you hit it just you know it's hard to think like this when you're there in that you know that zone that you know that that funk as stoops uh, always said it uh, you cannot really think like this when you're there just if you get there one thought is that no matter what happens that situation that hunger that that lack of something will really teach you and will really, really bring out some some skills or or at least some mental strengths that you'll be able to use to get out of it and you know evolve past it uh if you would give anybody an advice to not necessarily actively avoid it but to not have it be the necessary kick in the butt that they need to you know move towards their goal um because obviously there's the uh you know the there's the standards like oh you better read or you better listen to that guy or you better just do it like what would yeah. be like your advice for people to you know I not usually, find themselves yeah. in that situation but still succeed i so listen man um there's been a couple of years since i stopped giving people advice on anything um people need to find out on their own what they need to do i can talk about my experiences i can talk about books i've read people i've listened to um uh, podcast i listen to what helped uh, you then uh, do for me. <laughs> okay it was a book one there's a lot of things right uh, the the first book that actually motivated me you know to to get out of my ass and understand a little bit better i uh, hope i'm translating this right is the monk who sold his ferrari <laughs> I recommend this book to a lot of people. Oh shit. Yeah, mine is also is is uh, uh borrowed to somebody who never gave it back. If you watch this or listen to this, give that shit back. Um it's a, it's an interesting story. Um I think I, I read it like 12 years ago. That was one thing. Um I had a couple of friends also. It's really important to, you know, to actually be mindful of the people you decide to hang out with and you know be part of the community or whatever because that can have a huge influence on you too i've luckily had some people in my life that um didn't tell me anything because i'm not that type of guy you probably know i'm not really taking much advice (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but i i kind of take my lessons through other people's actions if you like Uh, and I don't feel comfortable anymore giving people advices. I just think that's a selfish way to to help out people. People either are willing to listen to your experience and take their lessons from that, or they go on their own. You cannot apply something that happened to you uh, to anybody else, you know? Um, I think you can get better at anything if you decide to, to study a bit more. Internet is an option. I prefer books. It's you know, like I love just love the smell of paper, you know, and that that feeling. Ink and all uh, that. Oh. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, podcasts also can can be really good, uh, especially nowadays since it's a huge boom and there's a lot of uh, domains in that. But you know, whatever whatever gets you going on research and stuff, um, 
you gotta understand, man, there's a lot of big billion dollar business on self-development. There's a lot of bullshit out there. Okay, people sell, you know, become a better version of yourself. Uh, you know, become a rich person in 10 days or whatever. Listen to the Be 10 successful. tapes of being a better you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of bullshit out there too in this regard. So I'd say, you know, do a little bit of research and at least the people you want to read about or, you know, and read their books or listen to their podcast, make a little bit of background research, see what they did. You know, it's for me, it's really important to, if I do decide to, to read somebody's stories or listen to somebody, I want to understand the background. Okay, what the fuck did you do? This is how I did like my whole life. You know, the, the, the hip hop thing, I studied the background. The, the, the mafia thing, studied the background. You know, the editing, you know, YouTube shit, studied the background. And you should know, you know, this, this, this is how I work. But that, you know, that... Yeah, that definitely works for you. Might not work for everybody. It cannot be replicated to everybody, but Every it works for me. Maybe it can work for you. Yeah, everybody, uh, that's, that, that's the situation that I found myself in. So, yeah. and so uh, definitely advice doesn't work for everybody because we're all different. And I think we just need to realize and accept that. But uh, one thing that I feel like it's universal is what you said before is that uh, success comes by not giving up because you keep putting in the work. Hell yeah. Uh, and some, that work transforms into something eventually. It's like... It, it doesn't make sense for it not to. You're putting, you're making something. That's after after uh, a specific number of hours. That something will turn into other yeah. into other things. So so and for everybody, for anybody who was uh, who is interested, the book is Discovery. No, the what is it? <laughs> the Monk Who Sold His Ferrari yeah. by Robin Sharma. S H A R M A. So originally that published was, in 1996. Yeah, that was yeah. I read it in 2008, but um, you know that's that, that was the first thing. You know, you can you can evolve. I would. So when it comes to books, this was the first thing that opened up my eyes. But after that, became a lot of others that you know are much more evolved and much more interesting and much more complete. I would say that's a beginning thing. It marked me a lot. It changed my life. That book basically. But there's you know a lot of other. I mentioned Robert Greene, Mastery. Um, there's so I I really like Robert Greene in terms of as you know be him being an author for you know interesting books, The Art of Seduction by Robert Greene, and um, you know that's a that's a controversial book because if you look on how he looks, not you know not judging anything, <laughs> but if you see the guy and if you read The Art of Seduction, it's uh, it's it's interesting uh, nevertheless. Um, what else? Obviously, you know. Jordan Peterson, you know, which you told me about for, first off. Uh, you, you told me first off about him. 12, 12 rules, 12 12 rules, rules for, uh, life. for life. I didn't agree 100% with everything that was in there, but man, was there some eye-opening stuff. It really helped out. Uh, but of course, you know, I, I, I read a lot of like spe speciality stuff, like a lot of mob books and history books. Uh, a lot of uh, creative media books, digital marketing, and all of that. I just, you know, I just love to get in useful information or information that I feel attracted to. I'm not going to read a book just because it's super popular or it just says on the cover, become a better uh, YouTuber. What the fuck is that? You know, the, that this you is know, what you need the, title on the on the cover. Yeah, duh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the, the, there's a lot of it, but again. Uh, people, I feel like people during our day and age don't really have the patience anymore to to sit down and, and read uh, or even listen to podcasts or whatever. You know, the attention span on the internet nowadays is like super, super short. And 
we should know because nah, we see we see so many. We have analytics to prove that. <laughs> I just feel I'm I'm circling back to this man. The world is um, is is becoming really um, void of masters, and we need more masters in in different fields. I feel so. If you if you really like something, you enjoy it. Try to become a master at it. It's the best thing in the world. That's it. Yeah, do it. Do it. Well, uh, well, dude, this has been really, really interesting, and I hope it was really yeah. interesting for, uh, for a lot of the <laughs> listeners and watchers on YouTube. You I, know nothing. <laughs> I, I, yeah, this is what I want to say. Is like, how much of it did you guys know about this? Because uh, when we when we do stream, because we do stream, you can catch a stream as well. Uh, stream World of Warcraft on Twitch.tv slash Martian Line with the link is down below. Click it. Um, I did before the DMCA uh, things kicked in. I did listen to a lot of hip hop because I found I always I didn't know I liked hip hop until I actually started to listen to it a little bit more, and all of that came from Martian and all the the good stuff. You know, I like hey. I want to add to this. So you know. People who start listening to hip hop, they usually like vibe with ah oh, the rhythm was pretty nice, la la la. They don't listen to the lyrics. Yeah. Once I told him, listen, man, listen carefully to what he says here. He was blown away because there's some MCs out there who can really fuck your mind yeah, up. The poetry, the, the intellectual the, side of, of uh, yeah, man, that's that's what rapping. It is. That's that's what actually pulled pulled me in. Like the rhythm is nice, and some and some uh, beats are really cool. Like they they just create a really good mood and a really good headspace to be in. Yeah. Uh, but for me, like, I actually want to understand what's going on, and they're, they're just stories, and that's amazing because I'm, I'm I'm a sucker for stories. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I, I was happy you were open to it. It was like, <laughs> hey man, this, this sounds good, man. Shit. I'm, I'm open to a lot of things. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just not putting it in my Tinder profile. That's, that's fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the thing is, because a lot of people thought it's like, man, you have a really good place. Like, man, it's not my playlist. Like Marcelo, wait, Marcelo, what, what, hip hop, Marcelo, what, what? So I hope that you guys have learned a thing or two more about the man himself and probably why he has that freaking gray hair. Now oh, you that, know. That's genetic, man. That's genetic. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe yeah, it's genetic. That, that, that's genetic. My, my pops had it like, at 30 years old. Uh, I have it too. Like my first gray hair was in eighth grade and then it just started evolving. It wasn't as, you know, as uh, prominent. prominent as it is now, but, you know, it was there. So, so. Well... It did affect. I won't. I won't deny it. It did affect me a lot. How, how do you feel about talking all those about all those things, man? Oh, it feels good, man. It felt like a therapy session, you know, like yeah. like like I uh, was with my therapist basically because we yeah. touched on this. Uh, so, so somebody said that before in a previous. Episode. Yeah, Stu said it right. Yeah, right, right. there you go. There <laughs> you go. So, uh, Marcia Online is the therapy that you, you need, need. Therapy, come on, come on our <laughs> podcast, dude. <laughs> but it, but it was a blast, man, and it yeah. was really fun, Thank and you. it was really fun to hearing you talk about all that kind of stuff. And I hope that you guys enjoyed it as well. Hope this so. uh, essentially concludes the season oh. for our uh, Mocas, and we're going to kick it off again in mid-January. Summer in, summer in January, yeah, we just <coughs> need to get everything set up properly, you know, have everybody on board. Yeah. But this is, yeah, this is the season finale. We have 15 episodes. You can now check the playlist. They're all there. They're also on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, on Apple, iTunes, whatever. You can find us everywhere. And... I recommend you listen to all of these podcasts because, yeah, we talk a little bit about WoW, but usually we talk about experiences, oh, yeah. you know, the journeys yeah. of people and stuff. It's really nice. Some interesting people right now because yeah. I feel like, I think um, the, more, the more I go through this, the more I feel like it's true. People are used to the, to the definitions of normal and, you know, uh, uh, ordinary and, you know, let's just all have this label so that we know what to do in society. Yeah. But people are very different, and people live different, different lives. And I think 
one of the, the issues that we might have as a society is that we close our eyes off to like what other people go through and I try to realize the kind of world that we live in and look around. So we've we've had some really, really interesting guests who, oh, who live some very interesting and, but most importantly, different, different. lives yeah. than what we live. It's like, oh my God, is that stuff really going on? I was like, holy shit, man, good for you. It was more party. Cool. So that's that's the kind of vibe that we want to get to. That's the kind of, you know, eye-opening uh, episodes that we were kind of, you know, want to deliver to yeah, you guys and hope that, that, you know, it makes you understand. It's like, well, this world is a lot bigger than I thought. Hell yeah! It, it's been it's been our, one of our favorite thing to do since we started uh, oh, doing yeah. the podcast. Uh, we've learned a lot. We got inspired a lot by you know a lot of the stories and the experiences, and we truly, wholeheartedly, sincerely hope you do too. If you can get something out of all these podcasts and learn something, or you know get some sort of inspiration or whatever, we're super happy. It's you know it's at the end of the day, it's not about the subscribers and views. It's about the amount of people that actually do watch this or listen get something out of it if you do that's the best yeah and you the can best. also let us know down in the comments because yeah. uh, it's interesting to know what people learn and what people found in found in you know inspiring like much said inspiring because we talk a lot about a lot about different things ah words <laughs> and so we're actually curious like what actually stuck to you what 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 was the most interesting yeah. part that you know let us know but that's it for today's episode everybody you know Ooh, where yeah. to catch us we have our links down Below. And uh, obviously we do a lot of other stuff than just the podcast. If you're just here, if you're just listening on Spotify or other platforms. Check we YouTube. have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash online, where we play WoW and we do WoW videos and do other kind of cool stuff. Even stream all of that good jazz. We also like to keep like cool vibes. So maybe you'll have fun if you tune in and see what's going on. All right, all right, that's a big outro, man. Let's just end it here. Thank you for watching and right, listening, everybody. everybody. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-b